Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary, and kids are definitely creepy. I'm Mummy. My name is Carol, and I'm a writer, a producer, and an aspiring succubus. Oh, I'm Daddy. My name is Josh, and I'm a music publisher, a podcaster, duh, and a reanimated corpse. We are not experts, but we are the parents of Woo and Boo, and we love horror movies. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at MummyXDeadyPod. If you have a sec, feel free to pause now and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We can wait. Back? Okay, let's get started. Hi. How are you doing, Mummy? Doing so great. How are you? I am straight up chilling. Can I tell you? Yes. We are here recording this on location in the desert, unrelated to the movie we watched. I've got a Moscow mule in a glass. I'm going to go ahead and tinkle that. That's a little cross podcast promotion. (laughs) Totally beverages and sometimes hot sauce, but I'm drinking this, having a great time, swimming in a pool today. You did. Feeling good. And it's only Friday. It's Friday. Yes, we're we're recording this in the beautiful town of Indio at uh, a rental house with the family. Um, our family has generously taken Woo and Boo to the playground while we can record this. So uh, right. very grateful for that. That's right. They're out there. Swings are swinging with no child in them. I'm trying to think what other creepy playground things have happened in movies. Oh, like leaves rustling in mm-hmm. a like little whirlwind or like... And you're not sure if you saw a corporeal form in there or was or it just leaves? The street lights flickering. There are no street lights here. None. No, no, it's like a weird gated community. And so they don't like lights or sound. No, 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 no. Um, Can I say this Airbnb is so well stocked mm-hmm. that I honestly have been expecting it to be haunted? Why? Because I thought that that was sort of the gimme. It was like, sure, you can have um, all of the kitchen accessories you could ever want. Because please tell your friends to stay here because there is a ghost. Yeah. Well, have you checked out the door in the basement at all? <laughs> no, I have not. I did see the one locked door. And of course, we did watch Barbarian recently. Um, yes, the real one, the actual one. I think we oh, yeah. spoke about watching barbarians from the same year but yeah uh so so yeah we will uh maybe see a ghost or experience something spooky tonight i'm actually not spooked by this place at all not even close it's too new construction and not even in a paranormal activity way it is just very like quiet and comfortable and i'm feeling great so actually i'm a little sad that spooktober is over oh my god if i if we weren't here i'd be i would just have the blues Mm. exclusively yeah we actually planned this trip just to ward off the post spooktober blues and it's really like pre-christmas as well because we're not quite there yet the (laughs) novbummers i don't know (laughs) the novbummers um yeah uh 
I'm sad about that. It was such a fun Halloween. How how did how was your experience of Halloween, Josh? I had a good Halloween. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> Grandmama was visiting um, my mummy, and it, you know, and I think having it was nice to have a visitor that we could incorporate into Halloween. Of course, at a group costume, the Adams family adjacent. Carol was Morticia. Uh, Boo was Pugsley. Carol's sister Donna was Wednesday. I was not Gomez. No. I was Lurch because I was but a human prop, a living prop, a true extra in your mm. words. Props that eat. She's mm. called them before. Uh, I was. That's not my. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's calls them. <laughs> I was Lurch. So that Wu could be Thing, his choice. We we made him a, we got him a black morph suit and cut a hand off of it. And so he could just run around with his little hand. And he was so, seeing him so excited about it, just truly made it all, uh, you know, yeah. made it all worth it. That's yeah. the whole thing. He was, he was so thrilled to do it. And my mom was, was grandmama or grandma, depending on who you ask. Um and that went great. But, it, you know, it always does add an extra layer of stress having any visitors at any time. And it was a busy season with two kids in two different schools and them having Halloween parades at both of their yeah, schools. Yeah. And you know, just kind of lots of events we're trying to get to. We went to Carved, our local um, gardens, pumpkin walkthrough, yeah. nighttime experience. and The garden pumpkin situation that every town has now. Every town has it. Which, and, like. Were you spiraling a little bit about like pumpkin waste? Oh no, I wasn't. I think I've I've dealt with that in years past, and so I've just I've put moved past. I put it to bed. Put it These to pumpkins b- are are here to be mulch. That's it. Yeah, it's a little overwhelming, but um, yeah, that was really that was really fun. It was a very very busy time, and then the weekend after Halloween, we were in a concert. I mean, that's right. It's been. <laughs> <laughs> crazy busy that's right a fundraiser concert at Wu's school for uh for for their school that where they do they have student bands for every grade in the elementary school they play a cover song that they've learned with um some teachers there and they each perform a song and then they put together a parent band and we got roped into doing that by uh our by our friends who are parents and very involved with the PTA stuff there involved and, and with that program. So it was like a, I haven't played bass in 20 years and they were like, yeah, it's going to be fine. And it was, it was fine. You did great. You also practiced a lot. I did. I practiced every single day. Minus maybe two days. And I have cool calluses back on my fingers. Feeling Ooh, great about that. So cool. And I'm excited to keep it up. I kept the reminder in my phone to practice every day. And yeah. so I'm hoping. Well, we probably going to be in the situation next year. So it's true. Yeah, it's it, true. Yeah, it was a good. It was a very good experience of prepping and practicing for something, and then getting to perform, which I found very, very fun. You did great. Thank you. Carol was singing, sang a couple of the songs, and yeah. also took great photos from the stage while <laughs> while she wasn't singing. It was super good time, and even though I did have the like. I had a I had a genuine like stress real life stress stream seconds before it started because oh my God, yes um who do I see as I'm truly I'm unpacking my stuff to go up on stage so then we got maybe five minutes before the last band finishes and we start 
and I see for the first time in about a decade my RA from my freshman year of college who is also an incredible bass player. Could, that, this is so your life. Like I can't <laughs> I cannot believe, I can 100% believe this happened, but it's just exactly what the universe oh my would God. do to you and does to you. 100%. He has no children. He was there to support someone else in the parent band who his fiance is friends with. And so the fact that he was there at all was very bizarre and so it really was jarring it totally threw me and it was as though he should have like morphed into my father by the time I went on stage or something like that but it really was like oh I had been saying to them for weeks just like hey if anybody else shows up who can like play bass they should do this instead of me and then lo and in walks like somebody who does like rush covers in his spare time and I'm like I uh and I, anyway, it was a really, it was super jarring and I really thought I was going to wake up and, and the concert hadn't even started yet, but it did throw me, but we, I still had a great time, had a lot of fun. Yeah. You did a well. blasto. Yep. Yep. You, you prevailed, you prevailed over whatever the universe had to throw at you. Yes. Oh my gosh. The coolest thing though from it probably was a band of what, fourth or fifth graders doing running up that hill. By yeah. Kate Bush. Shout out Stranger Things for breathing life into that song. It is cr- it's crazy. It's crazy to think about, really. It is. It really I is. I was getting emotional watching them play it. Oh, yeah. It was really, really great. The Cray Cray Kitties. Shout out Cray Cray Kitties. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. And, of course, we can't... We have to mention the Yummy Cheetos, Woo's band. They yeah. They crushed it. The first graders really... They really did wonderful, wonderful stuff up there. I feel as though since this is my podcast, I can fully take credit here for my idea, which was yes. throwing little bags of Cheetos out to the crowd when they came on stage, which was the talk of the town and the best entrance of every any band, for sure. Agreed. Oh, oh yeah. I was in line for the ice cream truck after their set, and... There were in these three, probably third graders who had introduced a previous band. They were all in matching little outfits. They were like, did you get any? Their first one was complaining, saying the yummy Cheetos only threw Cheetos out directly in front of the stage. They didn't throw them to the sides. What's that about? And then one was like, what? What are you talking about? The yummy Cheetos. They were throwing Cheetos out. What? Did you just wake up in La La Land? <laughs> it was amazing. Also, like clearly parroting something that probably like her parents say or yes. something. Waking oh. up in La La Land. Yeah, that's like not a thing kids just say on their own. No, because her friends were definitely like, uh, okay. <laughs> but it was weird. You could tell they didn't know because then she kind of stormed off. They had no idea how to respond to that. It was, it was oh, a just wonderful. Just not about the Cheetos. A wonderful moment. I'm so glad to be there for it. Yeah. It's all about those moments. It really is. It's the stuff dreams are made of. Yeah, childhood. I feel like this is a great segue into (sighs) our movie. Our movie. Our movie. So let me read a quick recap of The Innocents from 2021. Where was this movie created? Can we start there? Uh, Norway. Norway. Yeah, I think it's a Norwegian film. Um, yeah, cause it's like an apartment complex in like the outskirts of Oslo. Bookmark on that. 
Go ahead, read this recap, and then I want okay. to talk about Oslo apartment blocks. Okay. All right, so four children become friends during the summer holidays, and out of sight of the adults, they discover they have hidden powers. While exploring their newfound abilities in the nearby forests and playgrounds, their innocent play takes a dark turn, and strange things begin to happen. Um, hmm. That pretty much covers it. I would just think that like you would talk more about the dark turn since it really is like deeply deeply dark what happens in this movie yeah um but okay but that's pretty much it they yeah these kids find out they have psychic powers and they sort of start to feed off of each other um that's right and like real life um non-magical what's a non-muggle word for non-magical activities mundane i guess you might say mm -hmm. mundane actions for these kids kind of spark this sort of magical downturn of you know as they as they realize their their connections but i i'm thinking about that cat you know oh well we will talk about the cat um so we started watching this movie together but then we ended up watching it separately that's right so this i'm so excited to ask you Josh, did this movie scare you? Mm. Um, it it did, and I'll tell you why. There's one reason: sociopaths scare me. Yes, yes. And that was it. Carol, did this movie scare you? Yes, it did. Yes, it was deeply, deeply unsettling, and it was for those same reasons of. Mm. The light just went out in this room. First sign of our haunting is happening. <laughs> Uh, because in the first 15 minutes when Ida, who's like our main character, young, blonde, cutie pie, also a little sociopathic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, you kind of don't know which way she's going. Um, so it's her, she has an older sister who is Anna. Yeah. Anna, who is like neurodiverse spectrum seems like pretty severely um i think they say she's autistic in the film yeah, yeah. okay so she's autistic and nonverbal for the yes. most part um and then so ida meets a little boy in the apartment building named ben and ben shows her pretty much right away that he can like move stuff with his mind but just like little rocks yeah rocks bottle caps stuff like that yeah and it's just it's just all fun and games it's cool i love the way that was done because it it does make you think like oh is this some like known kids trick yeah you know like a magic trick that he's doing yeah and she's impressed by it i mean it is cool he's like fully making these little bottle caps go off at like right angles and stuff mm -hmm. and if you saw someone do that you'd be like oh holy shit yeah yeah and then at some point when they're hanging out together, they find this cat and she and Ben take the cat up like 10 flights of stairs mm -hmm. and drop it, um, which was very terrible to watch. And the cat gets up and kind of like limps away because that's the whole thing. Like they were trying to test if, if the cat actually would land on its feet. But then Ben crushes the cat's skull under his foot that's right which is very 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 fucked up and i didn't like watching it however 
it does set the tone for what's ahead and like what this kid is capable of and like anything is going to happen. You don't yes, know. You and don't know. That he is not only a sociopath, but a telekinetic sociopath. Right. And I mean, leaning into that, though, Ida also puts glass in her sister's shoe. Yeah, she puts broken glass in her sister's shoe. And and because Anna is nonverbal, it's unable to communicate and seems to be unable to communicate the pain of this as well. It's yeah. not like even uh, beyond nonverbal is not. Um, she doesn't react to pain, really. Like yes. she, she in the very first scene, Ida like pinches Anna and like. Right. She doesn't respond at all. That's right. And at some point early on, because before everything turns, she shows Ben that you can, you know, mm-hmm. that she could do this and mm-hmm. he tries it too. And I think that's men- maybe then after that they go kill the cat who is also Aisha's cat who's escaped from her apartment. This is not an unknown stray. This is Aisha's cat that has escaped from her apartment. She accidentally leaves the door open and the cat runs out and Mm. they find it. And because she's like a domesticated cat, she comes, you know, she comes to them and they, and and that's how they Mm. get it. But the, I say all that because once the cat thing happens, we can see the line between Ida and Ben, which is super important, you know, where you're like, okay, I can still root for Ida. And especially as she starts to have a, you know, her relationship with her sister grows through, I mean, throughout the film, it's really mm-hmm. a large piece of it. Um, but there's an, I mean, it's just an interesting, um, it's interesting how that happens because like you said, when you asked about, did this scare me and you called it disturbing and how th- those two things can be, can be very different. Something can be disturbing and not scary. And there's, scary- a, there's a lot of tension though. There's a lot yes. of tension in the movie. And I think that's it because really from starting out with the glass thing and then quickly, pretty quickly escalating the cat thing, but really starting with the glass piece of it. I thought this was going to be a movie about Ida torturing her sister mm. and her being unable to respond. Mm. Kind of like that. What was that movie called? Like Mama or something where it was like mm. the kids just like killed their mom. Yeah. Remember that one? Anyway, I thought it was going to be that kind of thing. And or I was like ar- good night, mommy. Good night, mommy. Yeah. Yes. And so I was already stressing about that. So I really was like uncomfortable from the jump. And mm-hmm. then as you see, you know, as it kind of moves outward and then they kill the cat, I was like, okay, at least this is like, there's some, um, kind of pathos for Ida. And I was very like, yeah, but she like goes back to the cat's body and like kind of checks it out. Yeah. So you, I don't know. You're, you're still, yeah, she's, she is really fascinated by Ben in a yeah. way that you're like, is she good? Like, you're always wondering if she's going to like go to the dark side or not. Right. Well, that's it. I mean, that's because she's right on that line. And so it created this interesting, I mean, that's what kept it tense throughout really is because it could have easily been Ida and Ben and as it was mm-hmm. for a while versus Anna and Aisha, sort of like your dark and light. But. Yeah. And. And just to be clear, Ida doesn't have powers, right? That's right. She's the only one She's of the, the three one. who has no who has no powers. She's right. our Maribel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Encanto has been really, really ripping up 
Oh yeah, ribbon up the airwaves in our house a <laughs> yeah. year later. Yeah, and as and as Boo loves to point out that Encanto has a magical house just like the Adams family. It's a really <laughs> good right. crossover. It is crossover family and house situation. If but this was yes. the '70s, we would have had Encanto meets the Adams family. Mm. The Madrigals meet the Adams family. <laughs> the, meet the Adams. Yes. Uh, yes. So, yeah, there were some re, and there were some really, really scary parts of this movie mm. that, like, people die yeah. in gruesome ways, and it's so. Yeah, the the movie is just shot in such a naturalistic way that like every every psychic move that happens is very jarring because there's no like big cgi budget here i mean i guess i read a, an article with the director an interview with the director eskil vote who is i guess like a writing partner um with the guy who wrote the worst person in the world who I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I just watched. And I think it was like an Oscar contender or winner last year. There's no way to know. Um, Couldn't say. And he was talking about how they didn't have a big visual, visual effects budget, but the things that they did do, like when Anna is like bending the water or like when things move by themselves, mm -hmm. it's actually very hard to accomplish yeah. with um, just practical things. And so... Um, I thought that was really well done because it looks very real. Did and they do it practically or they no, just some, use CGI? Some I mean, things they, some yeah, stuff. some things they had to do in CGI. And I was like, that's really cool because if, if you're, if you're leaning on CGI for these effects and they're like super magical and there's like, you know, wind and like light happening, mm -hmm. it's like, that's a whole different, uh, that's a whole different movie. And a whole different feeling. And this, they kept it like, they kept the camera at the kid level the whole time. So you're with the kids. And we can get into this more in our parenting talk. But like, everything is just as, you know, crappy as an apartment complex is. There's no, yes, you know, there's there's really realistic set dressing. And so it all fit within that to have it be just what you would see if something were to move by itself. It was very cool. I really liked how they did that. Like just. Yeah. I think, I mean, naturally. it made it magically realistic. You know, there was some magical realism in that way because it did feel like it fit in with the natural world. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, isn't that really the, the key, I mean, a key piece of magical realism is that like those things that happen that should be unnatural are sort of, accepted like because at no point in this do they try to explain the even though they're figuring out that they each have powers but it is not as though the existence of powers or magic is called into question there's no like fish out of water mm -hmm. yeah they just accept it um but yeah you know it was a funny i what i did want to say about norwegian apartment blocks while we're on oh, this subject is I I was having this whole talk about spirals uh, where I'm sort of com I'm completely obsessed. The, the out of reach nature of buying a home at the moment is manifests itself in many different ways. One of the ways that it did while watching this was looking at 
this, you know, this beautiful countryside and being like, oh, this is still just like dotted by these, these apartment complexes structured like projects. Like they are massive tower blocks surrounding a playground, some common space, whatever. But I couldn't help think like these people just know this is probably how we should all be living Nobody deserves to have more than an, an apartment. This is how you preserve wow. the most green space in the world. We're doing it was kind of it was this whole thing. And it was like these people know how to live efficiently as a society. Oh god, and it was like such an ugly, just yes, chonky apartment complex. Yeah, it was like it, I had <laughs> it did was, not have that reaction. It wasn't like I want to live here. It yeah. was just like mm-hmm. No one here is wanting for a standalone house because they're the, as a culture, the Scandinavians have decided that living in apartment buildings is, and small spaces efficiently is fine. That's I never expressed. Think, yeah, <laughs> that is never expressed. I think it's more to the fact that this is a movie about kids and staying in childhood. And when mm. you're a kid, none of that matters. Like, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure Aisha's mom and I'm pretty sure Anna's mom and dad probably want to, like, have a house and, like, live not yeah. in this complex. Like, but that's not what any kid cares about. Like, you're just probably psyched you can go and play in the woods nearby. Yeah. You just want to go find the kids. There's yeah. kids playing soccer out there. You can go find them, play soccer. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's talk about a few of the really, really messed up things that happened in this movie. Okay. Um, just for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, I'll just rattle off a few that really, really disturbed me. Um, Ben kills his mom. That one ben was, bur- yeah. first Ben spills like a, no, he, he clonks her in the head with, uh, with, with a pan, with a pan and she falls and then he spills this huge pot of burning water on her legs. She wakes up at some point and he ignores her Yes, and she's dead in the apartment. That was the entire time, the entire time. So the whole time you're thinking of her just lying there and you're thinking about how this kid is going about his other kills and, and memes just, and he's really, yeah, he's really sad about that too, by the way, about that, his that mom? he did that. Like he's is not, he? he's not, yeah, he, you know, he like comes back into the apartment and just like cries Oh, and see, I read that cry as more of a culmination of stress Mm. than it was about an emotional response, Mm. as though it was an accident. I felt it was more like a, now what am I going to do kind of thing? Mm. Like maybe I would take it back, but not a, not remorseful, not a remorseful cry. Yeah. I'm on the jury. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the cat. Okay. So the cat. Wait, one more thing on the mom thing is that they, I, I also thought it was strange. I mean, I thought it was a, I thought it was an interesting choice that they never went back to the mom. I kept thinking, Oh, one of these parents mm. is going to try is going to say, I'm going to go have a talk with this boy's parents. But no, cause they have no idea that they're even hanging out. Like, it's, right. Except, yeah, I kept just expecting the story to take us that direction mm-hmm. to then find the you know rotting remains. But for all we know, he also psychically you know moved her body out of the apartment. Right, we never see it again. But I just well, assumed you just he don't was go back there. into the kitchen. 
again. Right. But it, yeah, so like that happens. It's pretty much done. And then his powers, they all are kind of feeding off of each other. Um, he has he has like a battle with Anna in the woods and uh, a tree breaks and like there's a splinter in her leg that's really, yeah. really gross. Yeah. Um, uh, ben, that's how you know these are horror people. That yeah. scene almost, almost that is the thing that makes it horror. You went to the, the trouble of making this prosthetic, not only to, you know, further our understanding of Anna's pain tolerance, because at this point she can also communicate with the other kids psychically, right? She, mm-hmm. but she's not saying, ah, take this out of my leg or whatever it is. Uh, but it is almost towards her, a tolerance of pain and that she's, mm-hmm but they went to the trouble of showing that and it's a gross out moment. You know, mm-hmm. it's there for, it's there for gross outs. And mm-hmm. that I think is one of, uh, it's a hallmark of horror. Yeah. Yeah. And she, so Anna can speak through Aisha. So you, she does gain like verbal, she gains some, some verbal skills just through her so then it's almost like pinging back right at some point when she actually speaks it's as though she's pinging her thoughts to aisha and aisha is then like making her making her speak yeah Yeah. she's almost like a like a puppet but Mm, if the puppet had its own thoughts but you you needed to move their mouth for that right yeah so then, yeah, Ben's powers kind of grow and shift. He breaks this kid's leg while they're playing. While he's just like he and Eater just like watching them play basketball, and he just like breaks the kid's leg, and it's also a gross-out moment of like mm-hmm. the bone coming out. And um, and then yeah, his powers grow. He can control people, and he controls Aisha's mother to kill aisha to stab her oh that was was so sad that was so fucked up that like i couldn't believe it that it went that way Mm -hmm. and and it was just so yeah it was really scary and sad because then you know that anna's like on her own now she's back in her mind she cannot she cannot speak anymore where is that in your sort of like traditional hero's journey it kind of is, right? The losing of powers is Aisha's death. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. is it your Gandalf dying? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a device, but it's, yeah. Not, it's not really like the main character, so. No. But, I mean, it does because it sets it up for. Yeah, Ida has to, she's like on her own. She really yes. has to take Ben down. And they kind of have a they kind of have a moment where she pushes him off this bridge, but he somehow lands and doesn't die. Right. And then he makes a car hit her. She like jumps out of the way. She breaks her leg. And you know, from from the time that he he like kills somebody on the bridge, right? The bully who is playing soccer in the parking lot, right? And they um and he takes over a random adults body from right. the apartment complex and he meets him on the bridge and he pushes that yeah. kid off the bridge to his death yeah and so th- kids are then just disappearing and dying mm-hmm. left and right and you want to as soon but as soon as that fi- kid dies on yes. the bridge you're like oh shit now no one is safe 
he can take over anybody's mind at yeah. any time. Yeah. So then when the inevitable happens with Aisha, you're just like, well, you guys are all screwed. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. And yeah, it's wonderfully tense and very uh, yeah unsettling to yeah, watch. It, it, get, it has, as we've talked about on recent episodes of experts on inability their or I should say their ineffectualness most commonly in exorcism type of movies when you find out like oh yeah you thought you'd be safe with the priest but then the priest was killed by this evil force or something this had that same kind of tension because you're like oh he killed your white wizard you know killed mm-hmm. Aisha here and so now you this evil force has free reign and you can't really do anything to stop it. There are no limits. It's not as though Anna is, we don't know. It's never said that like Anna or Eda or anyone are immune to this power or anything. Right. So Eda tries to kill him. She doesn't, she gets her leg broken. She comes back and then it really is. She has to help Anna get to him and they have this amazing standoff at the end where Anna is like standing across this little pond and Ben's at the playground. And then Ida, Ida comes and joins her. But like we said, she doesn't have powers. But what you see in the apartment complex behind them is all these other kids like coming to the window. And you're like, oh, all of these kids have psychic powers. They just haven't like figured it out yet. So like they come and it's almost like a, this force behind Anna. And I didn't even pick up on that. You did. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah, I thought everyone was just watching. That's so much cooler. Yes. Oh no, they're like, it's like they're beaming at him. Yes. And um, and like right by Ben, you know, like this kid falls off his tricycle. Yes. Yeah, because like the force of whatever is happening, and it's all very subtle, but they. They kill Ben. Yeah. Like, kill him. He's sitting there on the playground. Yeah. And then Anna, and then like they just go back. They just go back home and it's so intense. Um, but I really like that that final showdown because it's like Ida couldn't do it by herself. Anna couldn't do it by herself. They mm. both need to help each other. It was a, it was a, I thought that, was, and it wasn't like obvious that that was what was going to happen, you know? No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, and yeah. Should we talk about some parenting in this movie? Well, now that Ben's dead, I think it's safe to do so. <laughs> oh Let's. my gosh, I loved the parents in this movie. Oh, they were very realistic and mm-hmm. there were some bad moves for sure, yeah. but in general, I thought that they played just enough of a part that it felt like you were watching it from a child's perspective, like how you have, you viewed adults when you were a kid. Yes. And then everything that happened in relation to their parents was very, it felt very uh, believable. Like even when Ben kills his mom, like, you know, he's a sociopath from the time that you meet him with the cat and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what goes on between them in that scene is like, she's like, why didn't, 
like, why didn't you do whatever? And she's like asking him to do something. And he just like clocks her on the head with this pan. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, if my kids had psychic powers, they would do that. They would do it. And he's like, you know, they're he's what? exceptional. They're like nine or 10 or something. Mm-hmm. But still, like kids do irrational things. And it's not. It's not crazy to me that somebody, some kid would do that <laughs> to their parents. Oh, yeah. You we know? talk about it with with Boo, who's much more of an emotional firestorm than Wu, if you're just joining us. And well, he's just more physical and very and very vocal about. Yes. He's always, even since he was really an infant, he would mm-hmm. strain to get out of car seats or anything mm-hmm. like that. Oh, but I, I still do require on occasion my ability my physical ability to restrain him sometimes Mm -hmm. when he is gonna hurt himself potentially or certainly if he's gonna hurt somebody else or me you know because he's upset and angry and you do think about like yeah there was there will of course be a point a long time away from this when i don't have to do that anyway when he would be able to physically overpower me most likely right. but in those moments if he had psychic abilities he would use them oh yeah to, to get he out would, of that he would burn the house down i think so i mean he he is yeah <laughs> he has a, and he has a lot of he has like a lot of regrets and remorse that manifest as like you know when mm. he when he feels like he's what's the word when he's been when he feels shame, the way mm-hmm. he manifests shame is, yeah. he, you know, he'll often either lash out or go hide. And mm-hmm. we make every effort to take shame out of parenting. But but you just you feel it inherently when you when you feel like, oh, I did the thing that was not expected of me. Mm-hmm. And that's why shame is the shittiest kind of cudgel to use as a parent, because mm-hmm. everyone feels like a a, a healthy mind will feel and understand that that they have done something that maybe they shouldn't or that they regret mm-hmm. <laughs> like they have the capacity to yeah. internalize that anyway and and so but yeah in those moments he he might in his more fiery ones literally yeah start a fire it's possible yeah yeah uh i have a favorite best parenting moment oh let's hear it it's it was very small and this movie it, it, that's where it shines is in these moments, but Aisha's mom is dealing with her and her requests and she's being really, you know, uh, she's just being a kid asking for some snuggly toy mm-hmm. or she's doing something in the beginning and the mom just goes, okay, like, just like whatever, yes. you know, she's, she's being very persistent and like whiny mm-hmm. and the mom's just like, okay. And walks away. <laughs> Yes. And it was so, it was so dead on. It was like, all right, whatever. I agree. This is one of the first, Poltergeist still sits atop a pedestal as best parents in horror to this day. These were the most realistic parents. Oh, yeah. I felt like most realistic modern parents, certainly, by a mile. Because I do think, like you said, you nailed it, that it feels like it's from a kid's perspective. But the moments we see... They include a lot. Of, it's a lot of that. It's it's parents a, a bit at the end of their rope, but while still being present, but just like where with Ida's parents yeah. saying, I love just like, well, if you can't tell me the truth, I can't trust you to bring to play with 
Anna anymore. And I know, you know, but at the same time, they're no doubt thrilled when Ida is showing interest in Anna and taking her outside and playing with her and not abandoning her on a swing set, Mm -hmm. but instead including her with her friends and Mm -hmm. everything like even though she oh it's like oh you won't tell me what you're doing out there i guess i can't trust you to bring them and it's like that is a hundred percent what we would do in our best moments in a in that exact same i think it's when she gets the splinter oh the splinter she won't explain why she got hurt it says well then i can't trust you to play with on until then and that is it's good parenting right that is the that is the like those are consequences yeah and that are logical consequences and but at the same time you know these parents dealing with a a special needs child yeah and and having to focus so much attention on that child also have to be pretty goddamn exhausted too like i you know that like and i think they did a good job of of expressing that while still showing how um loving and engaged they were and you know the moment when they when she when Anna shares like a her, a verbal moment mm-hmm. with them and like what a breakthrough that is again in the limited time we see the parents that that comes through as emotionally affecting is like yeah is really special also it's just so cruel it makes oh, Aisha's awful. death so much worse because you're like oh, that's, that's all it going away and they will seem they'll seem crazy to tell the doctor or any of the other yeah. folks who work with Anna to like um oh she spoke to us they would just be like impossible you know that that is and how that i kept again kept thinking about stuff like that that if it was going to follow some of those Mm -hmm. threads where it never needs to go but it it is you can't help but think about and expound on that right right okay so that little moment with aisha's mom was my favorite thing but actual best and worst parenting Mm. moments i do have um hit it so they're tied together. So the worst parenting move in this movie, I thought, was the fact that Ida and Anna's mom let Ida take care of Anna at all. Correct. Which is incredibly unfair. That's right. To Ida. And so that was And my, not safe for Anna. And not safe. Exactly. Like, just not safe at all. But... um but then, so that was the worst move where I was, where I was just like, that's really not, not okay for mm-hmm. this like autistic child. But then the best move was also their mom when she apologizes to Ida about it. She's like, I shouldn't have let you, you shouldn't be responsible for Anna. She says that to her. She's mm-hmm. like, you're too young. I'm sorry. I, I, it's too much for you. And she apologizes. And I was like, Oh, that's so good. Like you, yep. it really just shows how like, and it wasn't like, would you ever forgive me? It was just yeah, like, was just I, like, that was a mistake. I'm going to, we should have done this differently going forward. This will be different. Yeah. And, uh, it is Ida's mom, actually their mom and daughter. Cause I was like, they do look a lot alike. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was like, how did they, how did they do these, these casting magicians? <laughs> Why do these Swedes all look alike? Or what? <laughs> Scandos. Yeah. Scandos. That's what, yeah, they like to be called that. They like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those are the best and worst parenting moments for me. I will throw another worst in there. Yeah. Uh, who's letting the kids still go out and play once kids are disappearing at the apartment I complex? I know. I mean, the first death, like that, yeah. that first kid, I would be like, no, 
You're yeah. staying inside. Yeah. We're going to stay until they at least solve that one. Yeah. Or like, I'll be out there with you. That's right. <laughs> but. That's when I thought the parents were going to all get together. I thought it would be something like mm. that. Hey, kids are, something's going on here. Clearly, I, w- we should all get together. And so one of us can be with the parent and then you'd have like the missing mom and it would be like, wait a second. And then I thought maybe he'd kill uh, all the other parents or something yeah. like that. You know. Anyway. It was, it's like cool, but doesn't need to be there. Like they really kept it lean. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I love, I love that they did. It yeah. just, yeah, I, I, it felt like Chekhov's dead uh, sausage water mom on the floor of, <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that poor lady. Just. I don't want to die like that personally. Yeah. It wasn't on the list before, but it's moving up. (laughs) It's moving up. Oh God. Um, Okay. So some fun facts, uh, since I just brought the one. I love fun facts. The one about how it's actually her mom. So um, Anna is a neurotypical actor. She's not on the spectrum at all. I, this was my great question of this movie, and I never so, looked it up. Yeah, so Go basically, on. you know, it's unethical to have, a, mm. you know, a person with that severe autism um, because they can't give consent. And also, I imagine it's impossible to work with, you know, you can't get them to do the things that Sure, or do multiple takes to. of things and yeah. everything else. And So, like, Anna is one of the best actors I've ever seen. Yeah, in this yeah. way because she's it really very believable. It's very believable, but like respectful. She doesn't make Anna seem like not smart. You know, like she has her interests and her things that she likes to do, mm-hmm. and she's she has so much depth, and she almost doesn't speak at all. It's so good. I mean, it really is. I I, yeah. I am surprised, but all of that tracks and. We also we have a a neighbor who neighbors who have a son who's I mean we've seen him grow up at this point but yeah um, it is crazy who is also um, as far as I'm aware a nonverbal mm-hmm. highly functioning autistic kid mm-hmm. and he always has I was thinking about him so much during this. And huh, I didn't think about him at all. Wow, I'm a jerk. <laughs> no, I mean, but what I was, I mean, partially was thinking about knowing this, especially about this, this actor, is it like knowing someone who has, you know, who has this condition, it is not only, not only like accurate, but you're right, it is respectful of, mm-hmm. and that is, I mean, how important that is. I just, it's, yeah, it's funny. I, I just assume it must be like a, family member of or something that they did really get get yeah, someone no. who is it's really incredible and wow. they 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 were saying how like everything kind of hinged on finding that person and she came out of the woodwork unreal um yeah and for instance our neighbor's kid always has an adult with him yeah when he's out and, and walking around the neighborhood for whether it's a parent or yeah uh, or, or a professional you know they have professional aides i think mm-hmm. who come and are with him during the day anyway i uh, but it is yeah it's just the proof that it is too much yeah. it's not his it's not his sister who's out there with him it's right just, yeah anyway so uh speaking of the kids in this movie um a cool thing that i read in a different interview was that 
they so they filmed they filmed each scene and didn't let the kids read the whole script they never Ooh. knew how everything came together so like, like the star I, wars prequels yeah like i <laughs> i imagine that like they a lot of the things that were happening that were like really messed up they the kids never even saw and then at the premiere they were allowed to watch like the first 10 minutes and they 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 didn't let the kids watch it kids are too young like wow yeah like it's fucked up like it's a really messed up movie and they they were like no you're you can watch this when you're older like they were so excited and they were like begging to watch it but they're like they're like no it's and i really respect that because like ida and aisha especially they are young kids like and i think anna's pretty young too she's just very tall yeah um wow yeah how respectful is that exploitive though also i mean i don't know it's a strange line i think it's really i think it i think it's an ethical way to do a movie like this which um you know i made a short film in college called axe bike about kids killing each other on bikes with axes and you know what they knew everything that happened in the movie that's right and they watched the movie when short um so that was how are they doing that was a misstep (laughs) so i learned something uh didn't know that was an option back then or now or before this movie but yeah all right i guess we should rate and wrap up wrap it up let's rate the movie and these kids these wonderful kids oh babies um that was creepy um okay to rate this movie how many yummy scabs also known as auto cannibalism it turns out Mm. um but so is eating your fingernails so let's chill out with the names here medical industry um do kids eating boogers count yes they do auto cannibals Auto Cannibals. It's a very '90s. Uh, it is band name. The Auto Cannibals absolutely would have been it, it performed an in store at Empire Records, <laughs> not on screen. Uh, how many? Yes. So, how many yummy scabs do you give the movie The Innocence out of? Uh, let's see, one on each elbow and knee ew, plus. Ew. You're gonna have four oh, on God. each knuckle. This is disgusting. So that's gonna be eight plus out of twelve. Twelve yummy scabs. Mm-hmm. You can eat them all. Oh good golly. Um, I'm gonna say ten out of twelve. Woo! It was so good. Um, yeah. I I don't ever want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But I recommend the heck out of it and really well, no, that's not true. I would watch it again and just kind of enjoy the ride this time. Because, mm. yeah, especially like Aisha's death, I was like, no, oh my God, no, this cannot, no. Yes. Um, yeah, there were certain things that were really, really tough to watch. But um, yeah, yeah, highly recommend. How many, so many, oh, how many scabs do you give this movie out of 12? I'm going to give it eight out of 12. Wow. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I already ate them. And I think that it's, while I also really loved it, I, I 
I don't, there were some things, there was a certain amount of discomfort in it that I, I don't know, that I just didn't know what to do with around, um, I think just around some of the characters that I just don't know. And so I think I would have it hard to like, I would have a hard time, yeah, watching it again. Um, but it was just so well done. Everything about it was really good. I can't also not recommend it. Um, it is not a bad movie. It is a good movie. And I think that. So you do recommend it or you don't? I do recommend it. You should watch this movie. Yeah. Um, it is not a house of horrors, but it is a very, yeah, it's just a very like well-made, pretty tight movie and i like i think we can all appreciate in the age of superhero films that as someone pointed out to me is now like an adult like they've we've been making marvel movies that long mm-hmm. um that it's this is a quiet comic book story in mm-hmm. a lot of ways like it's that kind of thing it is it's supernatural it's superpowers it's psychic abilities and all that stuff um, with some amazing visuals, but it is small in scope and scale, and I'm here for more of those. So I could also give it a perfect score in some ways, but I'm going eight out of twelve just because I there's I had some discomfort around um the autism story. It's just something I don't know enough about beyond that to to feel like I, I just didn't feel comfortable watching it because I was like I don't know where this is going. I would have almost liked spoilers, I think, like wow. le- leading into it. sounds like a you problem. Yeah. But. No, that's what I mean. That's why I'm giving it an 8 out of 12, but I recommend it. It's a good movie. Uh, all right. We're, we're rating the movie. Mm-hmm. Not your experience of the movie. Okay. Perfect score then. 12 <laughs> out of 12 scabs. It's just a weird way of like framing the whole rating system of like, I mean, you know what you know of autism and like you're a, you're a ethical and upstanding citizen. That's true. I get that to be cautious with those things, but like in my mind, this movie treated Anna as like a full character. She had full, like she had full agency within the bounds of her you know neurodiversity and you're saying like i don't know the fact that it brings in psychic abilities means that like all believability is off the table you know right i mean it wasn't it wasn't her it wasn't a superpower she wasn't the one with like yeah. The autistic kid was not the one with psychic abilities. Right. I wish I had known the bit about the all these kids are psychic in this building. Or like maybe it's a that's thing not... that like all these or, or a bunch of them are. That there's yeah. A bunch well, that's more. what I, I mean. That's how I interpreted those kids coming to the window and like being there. They were attracted to what was going on. Yeah. Like so I thought like, oh, maybe there's something happening in this apartment complex that if we had more time to spend here, we would discover all these other stories, you know, like Mm -hmm. it. And I think, I think there was something special about her specific powers and how 
because Aisha has vitiligo. Mm-hmm. And so like they are kind of outcasts. And I think is maybe the thing with Ben, his uh, his socio sociopathy. How would you say that? His sociopathy. Mm-hmm. Right. That like is that his sort of like I'm I'm not normal. Like I'm not like mm-hmm. a. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm using air quotes. Listeners can't see, but I. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know what their reasoning was with like who gets the powers and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's that, that these kids come together because they are kind of outcasts. Mm-hmm. Even Ida just having an autistic sister kind of. Yeah, you I know, can see that. Lumps her in with that. But every kid has something going on. And I think that if we had, yeah, if we had more time, we would see all these other kids who have powers um, in this complex. But um, yeah, I just feel like they did. I thought they did. I thought it was responsible the way that they handled. I think so too, it. ultimately. But yeah. you were just like. I don't know what to think about this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Okay. But 12 out of 12, perfect scabs. No, eight is great. That's Um, what I think. It seems good. Okay. Do you know what I always think about when I have a perfect score in my head? What? I think about The Shining. Yeah. And so the closer I tick towards that, the harder time I have justifying it. It's maybe too high a bar. Well, you're then you're grading on a very, very high, like a very strong curve. If you don't even want to get close to, I think I also gave. I think last time I gave Nightmare on Elm Street a perfect score, though. So, yeah, I mean, but that's also a classic. It is, but it's a deeply imperfect movie. <laughs> What's so imperfect about it? I mean, I think. Well, beside, we'll have to go back and listen to the episode to find out. Because I certainly call out the uh, continuity errors in it. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I mean it's just I. I would say it's not like it's not shining. It's not. Level. It's not exceptional cinema. It's a really cool and it fun is exceptional classic. cinema. That is yes. I will stand by that movie as I, exceptional. Those, yeah, no, that's those. That's unfuckwithable. I I mean I Look, think I so. Think maybe... I'm the one who gave it the score, you know. But I'm just <laughs> You're saying. You're just arguing. Well, this is what it. I'm what I'm saying is that like I should have more of. Well, even then, do you know what I'm? I'll say this about this movie. I don't want to watch it again. I didn't think it was like. No, that this. So I think you should have you should have a perfect score that you can give to classics, but then you have maybe an unfuck with a bull. Honor. Mm-hmm. Like an award that you give to things like The Shining and I would give it to like Poltergeist or something Sure, where it's like, this is my, one of my faves and come at me with any of your yeah. bullshit. And I won't care because I'm immune to it. I love this so much. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's right. I, but anyway, with something like this, I don't really want to see it again. The, um, even though I pre- appreciated the quiet pace of it i think it would make it that much harder to watch twice Mm -hmm. and um anyway and And i feel like yeah exactly like but i'm glad it was made i think it's cool i think everybody should watch it Mm -hmm. you know 
Well, let's talk about the kids. Okay. How many spinning plates? Mm. Q spinning plates. Um, how many spinning plates do you give the kids of this movie out of five? Oh, five out of five. Tremendous. Mm. All of them. Uh, and I mean, Ben really kicked off the trip. And this is again before I knew that Anna was not autistic as an actor. I mean, she, yeah, she knocks it out of the park. All of these kids, Aisha is so wonderful. Like she is, yeah, I mean, she's like this picture of, of innocence and how like powerful she is is so cool. And every, yeah, it was just great. Ida is wonderful as like the kind of, I don't know if I should trust this kind of snotty, like possibly super shitty kid in this movie and you need those too. And then even all the other kids around the playground and stuff, it all just felt real. Mm-hmm. Kind of even getting bullied out of nowhere felt real. Ben's awkwardness turned sociopathy super, very, very real. Yeah. And yeah. I just, it was, yeah. On question, did you say it was out of five? Yeah. Out of five, five. Five out of five. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Aisha remind me of like Quinta Brunson, like, you're just because she's so tiny. She's tiny, <laughs> <laughs> adorable. Like she just has this like round little face and mm. just super, um, like cherubic. It, yeah, but also like her approach to everything is like we can we can handle this. I can yes. fix this. Like we're all friends here, super right? Positive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. To her own demise. Oh, there's a part where like Ben's strangling her from afar. Yeah. Before she even before her mom kills her. God. And that's terrifying too. There are so many moments in this oh, yeah. movie that get so, yeah, they just get really heated so quickly. And, um, and I think that that it, it brought me back to childhood of mm-hmm. like being around kids. You maybe didn't know very well or kids you did know and you knew that they were very volatile and like, just being like, I have no idea what's going to happen today. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen right now. Yeah, someone just might fuck with you, mm-hmm. decide to like chase you home. Mm-hmm. That stuff happened as a walker. Um uh, this yeah, no, very good. What do you what do you give it? Oh, five out of, five out out of five. five. Yeah. All the spinning plates on a desires. This I, I got to yeah, these kids just tremendous. I look forward to seeing the more stuff. This is the this as a book, Stephen King wishes he wrote it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because this stuff all would have been terrifying. That open ended terror of I don't know how this psychic kid might kill me. Mm-hmm. Truly. Yeah. The spinning plate effect was really cool, too, because Anna liked to spin a plate or like a pot lid mm-hmm. and it would spin all the way down and then spin up again. But they had things going on in the background where you were like, how the fuck are they doing this? They're not just like playing this backwards. Like it was cool. It was like a flex. It was a cool flex of like, we're going to make this really simple thing. And because he said that like some of the stuff was really hard to achieve. I really wonder what things were the hardest of like, Mm. of all the, the, the things that happened. Um, yeah, the innocence. Very good. Good thriller, I would say. Yeah. Oh, there was something we didn't talk about this early, but there are a lot of like house rules at this Airbnb that we're at. 
Yeah. Yeah. But the very first one, it just says, don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdaddy at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at mummyxdaddypod. And you can visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdaddy.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And most importantly, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spalding is the hot sausage water that grave. <laughs> Bye. Bye.